Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. And I'm back, baby. This week, we bring you Notch's favorite Roman Emperor, the Cosmos training montage, an award for Gary Neville, and why Pele saved Minnesota soccer. PFOs again. Last week, it was just me and Colin. Caleb's back. You feeling better? Yeah, uh... The contract that I saw wasn't really working for me, so I decided to stay with you guys. I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, if we don't edit that part out, I don't want to... Like, mm. we, we need to put up a photograph on our Twitter of you signing a piece of paper, smiling, bunch of scarves, you know, two of us feeling happy, all wearing, like, matching sweaters, like uh, Demidon's photo today. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I just want to genuinely express, guys, I look forward to this every week. Like I having you guys too. over, mm-hmm. you know, drinking a few beers. We, we spend about an hour preparing notes, learning about soccer around the country. It's fun. You mean watching funny things on YouTube and looking at hilarious <laughs> We jokes. watched three Eurovision videos. That's three too many. No, I, I that, introduced... that's, that's about like 10 too few. <laughs> I introduced you guys to Epic Sax Guy today, which is uh, yeah. honestly yeah, my favorite is... I, there was one day that I was able to sit and listen to Epic Sax Guy. You know those, those 10-hour videos that you just see but you never use? I actually listened to it for about two hours straight while doing work. So, listener, go check out Epic Sax Guy on YouTube. But at the moment, what we are going to check out is our major listing service segment where we decide to go and cover the MLS. Yeah, so tonight uh, we're actually going to change it up and look instead for a plot with some farmland because we've got a combine, you guys. That was good. Okay. That was that was yeah, great. That was Sweet. Again, really like, like you put know. your sunglasses on as you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a generation Adidas class. Uh, there are several names uh, that were noticed in in here. I think the notable ones are Jackson Ewell. Is that how you pronounce it, by the way? Ewell, I think. Ewell. That sounds right. I mean, I'm not sure. Okay. He's from Minnesota. So, yeah, Minnesota, exactly. uh, Generation Adidas. Also, probably most notable, at least to us as NASL fans, is uh, Shamit Shom from Edmonton. Yep. He's a dude who MLS actually had to pay a transfer fee for, from what I understand. Or they transferred him from FC Edmonton yeah. Yeah, over. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So, pretty cool stuff. Uh, there are some other games going on that you can watch every day, which is kind of nice, but I haven't picked up the energy to go do it. Uh, I was going to, but then the college football final was on, so I watched that instead. And I was going yeah. to, but then I painted a wall and watched it dry. But <laughs> I was going to, and then my internet was being slow, and I couldn't both work from home and watch MLS. Right. There you which go. was sad. That is sad. Yeah. So essentially, the combine is seniors, top draft prospects, Generation Adidas, having a bunch of scrimmage matches. It's pretty neat if you're in the soccer world. Uh, you find lots of Instagram photos of uh, MLS coaches intently looking on the action. Scouts kind of sitting back and and uh, gazing uh, thoughtfully at the, at the proceedings and, you know, not much more. Yeah. So, um, one semi-notable semi-absence uh jeremy ababisa um likely choice for minnesota united um some of the rumors surrounding why he hasn't played a minute yet um he didn't show up until i think monday because he was at a usc 20 camp and then he didn't feature in any of his team's games today um people are basically saying that's usually a sign that he's all but picked for the first team picked hopefully by minnesota so essentially what we're saying here is he's going to be atlanta united's top scorer next year indeed hey fabian castillo will castillo will not be coming back to fc dallas he left in august to join trabzonspor in turkey on loan and they have exercised their option despite the fact that he hasn't really done well for them yeah zero goals and one assist in 14 matches doesn't really stream must buy but apparently the uh, buy after loan fee was too low to pass up for a promising player. 
Speaking of too low to pass up, or actually too low, it had to be passed up, was why Will Johnson left Toronto FC. Uh, I, we don't know actually if it has anything to do with his salary, but uh, I was trying to force a segue. It didn't really work. Let's move on, guys. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Come on. Uh, really, guys? That much judgment? Seriously? Let's 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 keep going with the show. Come on, somebody help me out here. Is my neck creaking hard enough as I shake <laughs> it? Um, yeah. So um, Johnson said that the team never gave him a fair chance to get back in the lineup after he uh, suffered an injury um, while scoring a Canadian Championship winning goal late in June. Um, he was frustrated about it and pretty much shut the door on coming back to Toronto. Uh, he's now signed with Orlando. Yeah, the way it looks like is essentially he thinks the team didn't give him a chance off after he sacrificed himself for and the team. It's a good signing for Orlando, a solid squad player. Yep. 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 Someone who will be more than a solid squad player. LA Galaxy have just might have put a bit in for Jonathan Dos Santos, which would would that be Dos Dos Santos, Dos Equis, Dos <laughs> Santos says Dosa Cero says... I don't, I don't always sign DPs, but when I do, it's the brother of my existing <laughs> players. <laughs> Tres Santos, uh, Dos Santai. Dos Santai is my uh, collective noun for two brothers. I think it would have to be Cuatro Santos, because Dos times Dos equals Cuatro. Oh, oh I like that. Yeah, I like math. that very much. Yeah. <laughs> we call it soccer. Um, Lucas Milano has gone to Belgrano. That's... <laughs> That's not a real player, is it? Um, yes. And most Portland fans would say, thank goodness that he is a real player and that he is no longer with them. Um, It was kind of a a bust of a DP signing, and now he's gone to a a team that rhymes with his name. Okay. That is all we need to say. Uh, Moving on. Um, More Orlando City news. Um, They signed everybody's favorite Microsoft user. <laughs> I think Vic- you need to say much more than that. That pretty much sums it up. Perfectly. Victor Giro, PC, uh, longtime listeners of this podcast will know he's one of my favorite players. So I'm super excited to see if he does end up playing in MLS and and uh, if he does well. Hey, Mike McGee, he of Taunting Minnesota on Twitter, has retired before they even joined the league. What the heck? He was scared. <laughs> He just knew. He was terrified of our <laughs> 10 players that can play at a time. He's not a goalkeeper yet. <laughs> he knew that it, and just shoot it over. Like, yeah. What's happening? Where's the goalkeeper? And just shoot it right over. He was terrified. Yes, he was. Uh, that's that's the, official, uh, the official story there. Uh, Philadelphia signs defender. Is that Giuliano? One of them? Oh, wow. I was going to go with... You're, you, I say it again. Say it again. Giuliano Ronaldo. Okay, how do you know how to say this? Um, he's the little brother of one of my favorite players in Liverpool. Uh, oh, that. Okay. Ronaldo, okay, uh, oh, also right. known as the guy who sunk Man City's hopes and dreams in December. But I mean, maybe not hopes and dreams, but I'm not going to tear it away. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of pedigree there. Um, he's a Dutch player. Um, he played for Ernie Stewart at AZ Alkmaar, yeah. which is the connection. Ernie Stewart, of course, is now the Philadelphia Union's sporting director. Red Bull New York signed, re-signed Aurelian, or, God, Aurelian Colin. Uh, the, you don't want to know a funny story? Aurelian is my favorite Roman emperor. That's hilarious. Blank looks. Blank looks. Aurelian was the guy who defeated Zenobia. I need to listen to that podcast. History of Rome, I do, best I do podcast. Seriously, yeah. great. 72 hours of compelling storytelling about the ancient world. I'll lock myself in David Moyes' dark room and listen to it. A <laughs> uh, couple of designated player signings this week. Yeah, so um, Sporting KC brought in um, Gerso Fernandez, a 25-year-old winger from Guinea-Bissau. Um, he's played in the Portuguese uh, Primera Liga for Estoril and Belenenses. Um, I believe he has about 120 appearances over the last six or seven years. Three goals to his name. Estoril, a famous, for, famous former Formula One track. And Salt Lake have signed uh, Albert Rusnak on a young DP contract. Uh, player from Dronergen, young playmaker, winger, uh, good pace. Good finishing stills from the wing. I just want to say any aspiring rappers in our listenership should take the name Young DP. 
I think it's pretty great. That would be awesome. I would listen to all of his mixtapes. Mm-hmm. FC Dallas midfielder uh, Ryan Hollingshead is unfortunately out indefinitely after being hit by the car on the side of a road. And he ended up breaking three vertebrae in his neck. This is terrible news, guys. This is not what you want to see for a promising player. He was helping other uh, drivers who have got... Who, I don't know if they broke him down or crashed, but he was helping them out and unfortunately got hit by a car in the process, which just hope he gets well as soon as possible. Yeah. Hope he didn't play again. Yeah. And it's it's kind of been a bad offseason for MLS players and uh, getting hit by cars. David Edgar from the Vancouver Whitecaps also had the same thing happen. I think he might have broken his knee or had some knee ligament issues as a result of it. Um, so... Stay safe out there, MLS players. Yeah, yep. Hopefully, Hollingshead will recover soon. Hey, something that really quick, we've talked about this to death in previous episodes, but just a quick update. St. Louis's stadium funding bill is um, gone. It is dead on arrival. So they'll have to figure something else out. With that, we should move into our next segment focused on Minnesota United FC called Loon Monitoring. That was a nice accent you had on that. Thank you. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> right. Uh, someone with an accent joined. Uh, I think I, you know, I haven't actually seen a video with him, so maybe he doesn't have an accent. And they actually did post an interview video with uh, Vadim Demidov. Not that thick of an accent. I was kind of surprised. I have a Croatian friend named Mate who lives in Boston. He was in with me in grad school. And he would phase in and out of speaking in an American and a British accent because apparently he learned English in the British style. So he had like a yeah. native British accent. Awesome. But then he picked up the American accent. It was very strange. Yeah, I, I have a similar uh, friend named uh, Boris I, I was in grad school with. And same sort of thing, except for his would kind of meld back and forth with um, kind of his native Serbian. You know, that was crazy. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like talking just standard American accent. All of a sudden, vowels would shift, and it was just. I, you know, I gotta say, the last few years, people haven't made fun of me for the VNW thing, but that used to happen all the time. And my accent has considerably changed since the early days. If you <laughs> listen to like audio files or videos of me speaking from maybe about now, it's been 13 years. Yeah, probably about 12, until about six years ago. I would sound very different. But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about Vadim Davidov, 30-year-old defensive midfielder who has experience in La Liga and Bundesliga. Although, isn't it Bundesliga like five games of experience with Eintracht? Yeah, it's not that long. And he's also played significant time in uh, his native Norway. Or, well, semi-native. He was born in Latvia to Russian parents who moved to Norway when he was three, grew up there, and... I just heard a lot of bingo dings as you like read off those countries. But he played for a team called Bran. So you better have his Raisin Bran every morning. Anyway, dumb joke. We now, as a team, only need an Icelander, a Dane, and a Faroe Islander. And we will have a full Scandinavian lineup. The correct term is actually Faroese. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Interesting. One does research. Very nice. Old news now... But the most part of the most exciting news of this last seven days is that Christian Ramirez and Miguel Ibarra are back again! Yay! high speed screaming! Yay! We were there. We got to listen to them speak briefly to fans. I was most impressed with the fact that after a long day of photos, having to put their signatures on documents, calling season ticket holders, being fawned on by literally everyone online and offline, they were still able to answer questions of fans, pose for photographs for like 15 minutes. It was... There's, there are guys. There are They're guys, such man. nice dudes. That's the best part of it. Um, Ramirez finally did get paid. Uh, 55-1 reported that his salary is going to be somewhere in the $350,000 range. Awesome. Really happy Good for, for the him. guy. Um, and Ibarra uh, came in on a permanent transfer from Club Leon. Um, no mention on what the fee was, but uh, there was also no mention of any acronyms in his signing, which means that <laughs> he's not going to be on a DP salary or a DP contract. Um, allocation money wasn't involved. So a really solid piece of business. So as of right now, we still have all of our three of our DP signings open. 
mm-hmm. the DP concerts open. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Hopefully they'll announce that before the season starts. You want to know something that's really funny, though, from our little Q&A with Christian and Miguel. There was a section where someone asked Christian about how long he'd known, and he, he wouldn't tell us how long he'd known, but he definitely mentioned how he had been screwing with people on, on <laughs> Twitter and well enjoying... Done. Expert trolling right <laughs> there. Yeah, that, which, yeah. by the I way... Many, t- many times. You forget that that someone was me that asked about his expert <laughs> trolling, so... Right. <laughs> that was great. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I was... Seriously, I was just sitting there like a quiet fanboy because I couldn't think of anything to say. I was just so happy. I was just smiling the whole time, taking photos. Like, oh my god, they're there! <laughs> and we actually have a picture of the three of us together. It's with other dark clouds, but we're all in the same picture. Yeah. Hey, first time ever. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Hey, some actual bad news that I was hoping we wouldn't have to report, which is Crystal at home, who has been the play-by-play announcer on Minnesota Pro Soccer Games for the last twenty-four years is no longer going to be in the booth for Minnesota United games. I have associated so much of Minnesota soccer history with Chris, because even the stuff that happened before I got there, when you watch highlights, when you watch goals, it's Chris calling them. Mm -hmm. When you watch videos, for example, of um, Christian Ramirez winning an award at the NASL final, it's all Chris Ledome's calls, you know? Exactly. So, so I, I feel bad about this. There's a ton of knowledge and history that Chris just has on Instant Recall that's there. Yeah, and he is one of the nicest people in the Minnesota soccer community, if not the nicest. So, And in the Minnesota uh, nice soccer community, that's pretty high praise. It is very high praise. Um, that said, um, a couple of pieces of news as far as their um, broadcast team. Uh Kendra Saint or De Saint Aubin is going to be the color commentator. Um, former Gopher women's player has also done some commentary for Fox Sports in the mm-hmm. Women's World Cup, and is going to be the first female voice in an MLS booth. I am super excited about this mm-hmm. uh, because of her Minnesota heritage. That's to me. That's having a local in the booth is it's kind of a huge plus. We also get Jamie Watson who played for Minnesota United, obviously, uh, as a sideline reporter for Minnesota United. We've thought, we've heard for many years that he... Wow, he does really great things when he's on video. Man, that guy is like an awesome personality. Maybe this, after he stops playing, he should... And he, he, he is. Yeah. He's going to be there. So Good move for him, yeah. yeah. Really, really happy for him and for the team to keep him here. One Minnesota. of the nicest players out there. Like, mm-hmm. dude always makes it a point to say hello to people he knows just great so i'm i'm really really happy about this piece of news and i'm excited for continued appearances on the power trip hey three huge stories guys massive massive news breaking on 55 one on monday um first off uh brian corsad noted that minnesota united are likely to um basically are uh renovating some big parts of the National Sports Center complex uh, to be their training hub. Mm-hmm. The team will also have a dev... dev- oh, God. What is it with me in an enunciation last couple of episodes? The, tra- <laughs> the team will have developmental academy teams in U13, U14, U.S. Soccer Development Academy lead in fall 2017, along with U16 and U18 teams in an- and a USL team in Rochester expected to be around 2018. I'm pretty happy that the USL team is going to be in driving distance. I think that's really yeah. cool. I think if we can get together a smaller mm-hmm. kind of supporters group for the USL squad, I'll, I, like they have in Seattle and Portland, yeah, I we'll love that. Definitely do a couple games. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, that said, there was a little bit of bummer news that he had. Um, some of the bills that are related both to the lease on um, the NSC that Minnesota are going to do, as well as the Cloud City continued saga um basically we're at square one with all of those because of the new legislative year um who knows how long it's going to take now that there's a divided government in saint paul we'll see yeah it's i think a big we'll see uh, a few quick bits of news that we should get through fast before we take a break is that united are in talks with a 25 year old finnish midfielder named rasmus schuler He's placed for Swedish side at the moment. We will let you know when some news comes through on that front. Uh, Adam Kowarse from Portland is not going to sign with Minnesota United because he suffered an injury. He is instead off to um, uh, Bronby. Yeah, Bronby. 
for and, and he signed a four-year deal. We also have um, rumors that United are in contact with a Lebanese international born in Dearborn, Michigan, who formerly played for Sporting Kansas City named Suni Said. The really cool, interesting thing about this is that he actually trained with Minnesota before he went off to SKC. With that, let us take a quick break at this point, but our second half of the show is going to be bursting with stuff because we finally got some much-needed catharsis in our USL and ASL world. All that and more in the second half of We Call It Soccer. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. We're starting the second half of our show with a segment we call The Pyramid Scheme. In The Pyramid Scheme, we cover the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid other than MLS. And this week, this week, guys, we finally, we, we finally get to give our final episode of our running sub-segment for the last time, guys, for the last time. NASL Maged in 2016. The fart noise that never ends. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 this time it ended. <laughs> it ended. I mean, it ended with a <laughs> with a whimper instead of a louder fart noise. See, I was gonna say it ended with a nice wet shot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the USSF has decided in its infinite wisdom to grant Division 2 status to both the NASL and USL. Essentially, I, w- I want to point out that I I called this. I called yes, this in a did. joke tweet, but I called it. Galati yes. listens to Caleb is the is the news here. I have his ear. Yeah, breaking yeah. right here on this podcast. There's no winners here. NASL got really lucky in all... In a world where people get what they deserved, NASL should not have got this gift. Right. But it would have meant upheaval and disruption. So they got to keep their D2 status. USL also gets what, quote-unquote, a lot of people think they deserve and gets D2 to that. It's also, although we got to say that some of the teams in USL don't necessarily meet the criteria needed for D2. Yeah, as of right now, I think the number is guesstimated to be about 40% of the league doesn't conform to D2 requirements for stadium size or for um, some of the financial needs. But that said... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with all this I mean, this the, year. The U.S. Soccer Federation basically just delayed their real decision for another season. We had a listener question from at Ramical. What do you see for 2018 for USL and NASL? And I, I don't want to speculate too much, but I think there are two streams of thought. One is that we keep the current arrangement. And the other is that NASL uses this year to build a more favorable merger agreement with USL. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's thinking that USL is going to go back down and NASL is going to stay. I think it's way premature to be making stuff like that up. But we'll see how things progress from this point. Yeah, that, that's the best guess, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. both sides have really grandiose plans. Um, USL is on record in saying that they are going to get all of their teams up for um, the financial needs, the stadium needs. Mm-hmm. NASL, meanwhile, are still talking about having 12 teams by 2019 that said they only have eight teams for next season um that's a little bit lower than uh, the 20 by 2020 claims made by now former nasl commissioner bill peterson who was let go they have an interim commissioner in place and there's going to be an exhaustive search for the new commissioner we pretty much knew that bill peterson was going to go when the d2 announcement was accompanied by quotes from steve malik not Carolina fc owner rather than the commissioner right um meanwhile um new york cosmos are getting or have been officially sold um rocco camiso hey rocco rocco come on rocco (laughs) yeah rocco so um apparently had one of the greatest conference calls in nasl history (laughs) when he introduced um, but that said, um, he has taken over uh, the majority stake in the team. Apparently, uh, part of the deal is also to pay back um, the staff and salary cuts that were... Rocco is not known for screwing anybody. 
That is a direct quote from Rocco Camiso. <laughs> As I said, this was the greatest press conference in NASL history. Also, by the way, another quote. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he said okay. <laughs> uh, isn't Nathan Ake the defender on loan at Watford from Chelsea? No? No? Oh, no. in the pub? Okay, no. cool. No, no, no. Um, no. But on the, on the list for this year, Cosmo is not on the list this year, is Fort Lauderdale. Um, There's... Probably going to be dead until next year, 2018, when uh, the PSG group, um, where's that? Uh, take over. Take, yeah. Officially take over and get them back up and running. Uh, Ryo is probably not going to come back. Ryo is definitely not going to come yeah, back. They're not right. listed. There's been, I mean, no news out of Ryo. The one thing with Fort Lauderdale that I'll mention in context is that apparently the new potential new owners didn't know about the Bill Edwards lawsuit. Uh, until they contacted the Rowdies. And the, they probably couldn't speak Seagull. <laughs> yeah, the Seagulls yeah. hadn't told them <laughs> right. about the uh, the potential uh, lawsuit. Another issue with Fort Lauderdale is that apparently settlement checks were mailed out to players. Um, guess what happened when they tried to cash those checks? Oh, I'll give God, you a no, hint. No. That's something that happened with oh, pretty much every check I mean, at Fort no, Lauderdale this year. Knowing Fort Lauderdale's record, I, could, I have no idea what it could be. Um, let's just say that um, bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. With that, we should talk about the fact that uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, formerly of the NASL, currently of the USL, offered uh, David Beckham a chance to join their MLS to St. Pete's for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, proposal? What do you guys think? Should Beckham have taken this offer? I don't think St. Pete should have offered it to them because Beckham's kind of bad luck at this point yeah. to MLS yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Hey, USL had an announcement of its own. Oh, by the way, first thing I should mention, USL announced that Billy Forbes is signed with formerly of Iowa OKC, formerly of San Antonio Scorpions. 2014 Soccer Bowl winner with the NASL has joined San Antonio FC in the USL. What did they announce him as? PDL standout Billy Forbes. And I'm like, guys, you just going to ignore NASL like that? Come on, my homies, my D2 homies. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You're just upset that Minnesota United didn't sign Billy Forbes. I really am. I cry every time I think about the possibilities. Like and subscribe if you cry every time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. God, the, the conference alignment for USL was the major announcement they made this week, though. Yeah, if you are west of central Missouri, you're in the Western Conference. If not, you're in the Eastern Conference. That's literally how they did it. Also, USL ex- is expecting additional expansion announcements in quote-unquote the near future, according to this, which is interesting indeed. There is a 32-game schedule in place. One home, one away against each conference rival. The remaining four games will be played against regional foes. Good to know. All right, so um, moving on. A couple of players for FC Edmonton uh, have gotten call-ups for the Canadian men's national team. Good for them. Uh, Ben Fisk and Nick Ledgerwood. Exact them all. And I didn't even need notes for that. That's how awesome I am. <laughs> you are pretty awesome. Uh, NWSL's Western New York Flash was purchased by North Carolina Texas Rangers Stephen Malik and moved to Cary. So they'll be playing at WakeMed and they have been rebranded to the North Carolina Courage. A much better name than North Carolina FC. Much better, much better logo. Name. Yes, much better everything. I mean, Except I s- for that lion is just kind of weird. And kind of sad looking. Exactly. I would still give their logo like a B minus, but that's over the D that I gave North Carolina Texas Ranger. And along with the A plus 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 that you gave Minneapolis City. Exactly. <laughs> what? Apparently now this is like being hung around my neck. That was a that was a courageous decision in the world of soccer podcasting. I just ha- will have you say nobody else was willing to come out in favor of Minneapolis City FC's logo, and I. Right here on this podcast, did it. I am a trailblazer. I'm a maverick. I will run for senatorship from Arizona. I will lose to Barack Obama in 2008 to the presidency. Wow. That's going to be really hard. We skipped over to Vietnam years, okay? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you don't want to do those. Okay, no. No, No, No. I don't. No, no, no. no. Hey, the only thing I'll say about this whole rebranding thing is that the North Carolina Courage then went out and uh, put out a tweet that said, like, it was was a gif of uh, we are the champions, which... 
Yeah, sure. The Western New York Flash were the champions. You are not. And apparently they, all the replies were basically like, go to hell. Which is exactly right. Yes. Completely tone deaf reference. Totally. You know a place you can't hold a tone, guys, because of the echo? Is it the sewer? Exactly. Whoa. Let's get on with Monster Splinter and our U.S. Ninja Turtles and talk about our national teams. So, uh, the Camp Cupcake roster uh, released with minimal surprises. A couple of interesting names, though. Um, the big ones are that Kakuta Mane, who had been rumored, and Stefan Fry, who had not been rumored, um, were included while they looked to complete their citizenship requirements. So, good for them. Possible new blood into the program. Clint Dempsey, the Sounders are hopeful that he will be fit again for their preseason this year uh, after his heart condition. I think we mirror most Americans in saying, get well soon, Clint. We really want you back. Absolutely. Uh, Call-ups for Sebastian Letgett, uh, Dax McCarty, Chris Pontius, Chad Marshall. And for uh, some younger guys, uh, Keaton Rosenberry from Philadelphia, Walter Zimmerman from Dallas, and Matt Hedges also from, from Dallas. Uh, three solid defenders right there that can really bring... A lot of depth and, um, I guess, good style play to USMNT. Yeah, and a couple of just kind of solid guys from MLS that hadn't gotten a look under Klinsman, um, particularly with uh, guys like McCarty and Pontius. Mm-hmm. Um, good job for them. Uh, Bill Hamid, unfortunately for him, uh, will not be participating in Camp Cupcake um, I guess he has to eat Twinkies instead due to a knee injury. Reports suggest that former Swansea City FC legend Bob Bradley has been offered a job as the new manager of the Norwegian men's national team. Uh, very unreliable reports, by the way. They are talking to him, though. That is, I believe, confirmed. Emerson Heinemann gets a first-team debut at Bournemouth and then was immediately loaned out to Rangers. Maybe it's because they lost 3-0 when he was on the field. Ooh, I don't know the Millwall. That that was pretty. Yeah, yeah. that's just sad. Good. But I, I think maybe they, they wanted Rangers just wanted to get him see a uh, maybe see a run out for the yeah game. yeah exactly. It could be uh, Carly Lloyd after losing the U.S. Women's Player of the Year won the FIFA Women's Player of the Year. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what we were joking about. U.S. Women's National Team coach Jill Ellis misses out to Silva Sylvia. I say her last name. Need? Sylvia Nied. Nied. Sorry, yeah. for a women's coach of the year. It's kind of funny that she lost US and once won the world. The world, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Omar Gonzalez for, is happy with Pachuca, formerly of the LA Galaxy. He there was an article just saying that this was a good move for him. So I'm, I'm glad to see him. The, there were some questions about this, the, whether the whole move from the Galaxy to Pachuca would have panned out in the long term. Mm-hmm. It's a long term now. It's working out for him. Yep. Cosmos legend. Haji Wright (laughs) 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 has uh, been called up to the January training camp of the first team at Schalke is the only youth player to be called up to the uh, training camp so it makes he's essentially a top prospect for them at this point so that that lines up well former Bundesliga prospects that were called up to a January training camp include literally messy Christian Pulisic (laughs) (laughs) it's not a long list (laughs) But, yeah, but I mean, there were others. Really, it's a very ones we prolific care about. list. Yeah, really, do we need anyone? <laughs> we just needed to talk to the guys who were, uh, you know, had the radioactive goo that was in the the sewer. Uh, anyway, the <laughs> God, what? <laughs> Keep going. Let's go. So, um, Schalke's manager uh, Marcus Weinzerl, um did say to the club website that. He really does see him as someone that he wants to uh, get some minutes out of. Um, He said, quote, he definitely hasn't just traveled to make up the numbers. I'm not the kind of guy that would do that. A couple of quick news bullets. The U.S. Soccer Developmental Academy announced that the U15 is going to be a single age group for 2017-2018. And Josh Gatt has signed with FC Nuremberg on trial for 2017. Cool. Now it's time to go to our flyover to England to the pub. Uh, this pub for this week, we're going to the Blue Roman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roman's very sad these days because Chelsea lost to Tottenham 2 nothing. Win Street for Conte and the Blues have ended at, was it 13? 12? Uh, 14. 
Just one oh, yeah. shy of the record, though, right? Yeah, like, they were, no, they were tied, tied on tied. the record okay. with, um, oh, I, what club was that? Oh, yeah, Arsenal. <laughs> I wonder how he knows that. Exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it was a decent game. Um, unfortunately, it didn't end nil-nil with um, seven players aside. But... Um, this weekend was the FA Cup third round and mostly a bunch of boring fixtures. I gotta say, like, I have a soft spot for cup competitions. Mm-hmm. I hate when people dismiss them, but this weekend kind of exposed the uh, lameness of some cup weekends where the fixtures just weren't very thrilling, both in their hype and then their execution, except there was one team that managed not to beat their lower league opponents and earn a replay. Uh, wait, I forget who... Caleb, before we talk about those, just talk about the Premier League teams that lost to their lower league teams. <laughs> but yeah, Liverpool drew uh, Plymouth Argyle, the mighty Plymouth Argyle, the rock Plymouth Argyle. They yes, depended pretty much the whole entire time. Yeah. Um, and replay at Plymouth, it, I think. Didn't when, I see... Tomorrow, s- didn't I see something to the effect that Liverpool played literally the youngest side that they had ever trotted out in competition. Yep. A lot of young guys playing. So I'm and despite having Lucas Leva in the squad. <laughs> yeah. Despite having Lucas Leva yeah. on the squad. Uh but despite that they only managed to draw instead yeah. of lose because usually when Lucas is on the squad we lose. Mm-hmm. So that's... maybe well, his name is Luz Kisleva. Oh no. No. God not to do that. Oh yeah, just delete so that. So you're one. a no I was at like yeah. Again, but anyway, <laughs> you, can wear, you can wear half a set of sunglasses. For really teams that that lost, uh, Stoke lost to Wolves, a Championship lead squad. Also, uh, West Brom lost to Derby Town, another Championship lead, and Bournemouth, as previously mentioned, lost to Millwall. Emerson Heinemans, Bournemouth. Yes, yes. Well, not anymore. Right, exactly. It's Emerson Heinemans Rangers now. Arsenal needed heroics yet again. What is the third game in a row from uh, Olivier Giroud? Yeah, something like that. Um, 2-1 win over Preston North End. Um, Preston came out swinging in the first half, and Arsenal had zero answer to it until the second half. And it says, what's, Mike Dean Hotspur, is that a new team? Who made these notes? Who wrote these notes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Who wrote them, Uh, guys? Hotspur, 2-0 over Aston Villa. Okay. Uh, the fourth round draw has happened for the FA Cup. Yeah, um, again, not that many interesting draws at all. Um, London Derby is going to happen between Millwall and Watford. Um, Sutton and Lincoln are now the lowest teams in the competition, still subject to replays. Um, Both teams will host in the next round if they are able to win. And there's a signing in Scotland. uh, Aberdeen signs your dad sells Avon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is not true. It's a hoax. It literally just, it's an insult. Your dad sells Avon. Avon. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so, yeah. so they spelled out the name Yerdas as the first name and sells Avon as the second. Anyway. <laughs> and they totally got Sky Sports to tweet it out on their verified account. Yep. Uh, let's move on to a segment we call, they don't call it soccer, in brackets, some do though, about soccer news from the rest of the world that we haven't covered already. First, the big bombshell and... Everyone's seen this bit of news already, so let's just ask your reactions. What do you guys think about the FIFA World Cup being expanded to 48 teams, effective in 2026? I think if the USA ever miss a World Cup from then on, I'm, it's the coach should be fired immediately. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, meh. I am actually super disappointed by this. I get very, very hyped up for the World Cup. The World Cup has literally been something I'm excited about since. As long as my memories go back, in fact, like one of my first memories in life is being woken up to watch the 1990 World Cup final. So to have the competition be diluted, I get the logic. I I know we want more Asian and African teams in the tournament. I get it. But I don't think this is the method to do it because 48 is way too many. 16 groups of three guys, that's too much. It's too much. This is a cash grab. Their their profits are going to go up by something like $5 billion per tournament. Yeah, but also having the World Cup in Qatar and Russia is also a cash grab. Agreed. And also ruin the tournament. But I'm saying that now, now, here's my question, which is a 48-team tournament, you can't host it in some smaller countries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The amount of infrastructure that a country needs now to host a World Cup has gone up. And 
I mean, some... I haven't I haven't done the math on it. I don't know how many more games it's going to result in, but yeah, it, it's it's going to make everything more expensive and make the rights more expensive. That's that's really the bottom line of it. Yeah. Well, I, again, the good the good part about this is that smaller countries will get to see more regular World Cup participation, which might encourage more soccer investment in those countries let's see like if india gets into the world cup and indians have a reason to support their national team it might mean that there's more focus on said national team so we will see we'll see maybe i'm completely wrong about this fifa had their awards this week we mentioned hashtag, the one that we cared about first hashtag the best um <laughs> cristiano ronaldo men's player of the year um not that surprising I know the Messi-Ronaldo debate rages on, but you're talking about the guy who won the Champions League, won the Euros, won La Liga, won sure. everything. Sure. Yep. Ranieri won Coach of the Year for his heroics at Leicester City, although there are now some Leicester fans tweeting Ranieri out. What the heck? Some Leicester fans are dumb. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, National Fair Play Award um, for their part in the Chapitoense uh, tragedy. Um Mohamed Faiz won the uh, Pushkas Award for the best goal. We had told you how we disagreed with that on a previous episode. And then Riyad Mahrez has won the African Player of the Year. And and one more. Liverpool and Dortmund won FIFA's 2016 Fan Award. Wait, those aren't on the notes. Why was this important enough to mention? It wasn't on the notes. (laughs) You never walk alone, Alex. You never walk alone. And of course, Pulisic, literally Messi, is with uh, Dortmund. So we've got to mention them again, too. Real Madrid are tied for the (laughs) longest unbeaten run in La Liga ever at 39 games, which is pretty cool. There was a graphic that obviously compared uh, Real Madrid's 39-game run to... Barcelona's 39-game run, and then there were lots of arguments about which one was actually a better 39-game run. Hey, guys, you know what's even better than 39 games undefeated? 49 games undefeated. I was going to say not watching a league that just has two good teams, but I, I that's just me. Anyway, <laughs> oh, hot take pancakes. Hot take. Um, speaking of La Liga, um, the former president of Valencia, Paco Roig, uh, mentioned in a... Uh, Bunch of comments on the current issues with the club that we mentioned last week. Um, quote, what does the owner know about football? The pundit who came, that Englishman, was the worst coach <laughs> I have ever seen. Um, so congratulations, Gary Neville. <laughs> you are the worst coach that a Valencia president has ever seen. Gary Neville, FIFA's 2016's worst coach ever. <laughs> oh God, that's, I hadn't seen that quote before. Sporting B scores a free kick goal. What happens next? Um, so, this is in Portugal, yeah? Yeah, this was in Portugal against Braga B. Um, they scored a free kick. They celebrate like crazy. They didn't see that the linesman was flagging it for offsides. They didn't hear the whistle blow. And they didn't see <laughs> Braga storm down the field within five seconds and score a goal in the opposite <laughs> net. <laughs> go watch go watch this. Uh-huh. So good. Uh, Gladbach or... Mugladbach tips Fedora. Oh, please no. <laughs> <laughs> did some uh, did some cool stuff on a different medium, not on the pitch. Yeah, um, it, they continue to win Twitter on their English account. Um, sorry, Minneapolis City. Um, they they announced the signing of Timothy Kolodzizak <laughs> by that's, yeah that's yeah um, <laughs> by attempting to spell it seven times. <laughs> Putting strike throughs on each of them and then saying, We signed a French defender. <laughs> well, I just God. I just retweeted that so you can go see it on our uh, Twitter feed if you need to. R- Riccardo Rossellini is a eighteen year old Italian wonder kid in the t- Serie B, the second division, who absolutely destroys a defender with two quick moves. Like twice. He spins around them, guy goes one way and then like does another cut back and the guy just dives on the pitch face first. Uh, his ancestors came down and grabbed him like you're done now <laughs> you cannot come back from this this is, your, this is the end of your life the guy is now dead and embarrassed forever uh, he's over I, I to saw be that, on his way to Juventus yeah I saw the defender go down I was like that defender dives like Jamie Watson. <laughs> oh, Jamie Watson. We're totally going to sing that when he's on the sideline uh, you report year. like Jamie Watson hey that's pretty good yeah there we go let's move on to a segment we call 
well, everybody calls Twitter questions every week. If you choose to have us talk about something on the air, please send us your questions on Twitter. You can also send your conspiracy theories for the Reynolds wrap-up, which are going to be our next segment. But for now, we have two questions left. One from Looney Trumpeter MN. If you had to pick one or two people who saved soccer in Minnesota, who would it be? Um, probably Dr. Bill McGuire, just from getting the team from NASL to MLS with that threat from the Vikings. Um, I don't know how the Vikings would have gone, how it would have turned out, but I'm really glad that the team that I've fell for is now the team that I'm going to cheer for from here on out. Yeah, I don't have a better answer for that. I was going to say Pele and Don Garber. <laughs> It's plain Pele to me. <laughs> yeah. I can see your reason for Don Garber. I'm just making people angry. No, even, no, no, no. Not, I can't not, even not, see the reasoning kind of, for Don Garber, but if you were, is if just you, out If you wanted me to actually, like, if I had to, like, joke argue, it would be because Pele, like, joined the old NASL. Anyway. <laughs> that, that, no, neither of those guys. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, Dr. Bill, I agree. Buzz Lagos is another guy yes. that I have to give major kudos. He is the, the reason that the Thunder started up. He founded the Thunder back in, I believe it was 1990. Or the, and we needed something new in this state for an outdoor pro team. And he came along, he watched carefully over it until the mid-2000s. I think Buzz and Bill are my two yeah. choices. I, I think, would agree with that. Yeah. I think, honestly, just because the timing that Bill came in with probably makes it just because there were so many times where, you know, in the early 2010s people honestly did not know if there was going to be a soccer team in minnesota anymore yeah yeah buzz certainly kept it or rekindled it but it almost died again see but this is a great a a great opportunity to say what and every time you want to say but say and in your life because i think it's both of them i really do (laughs) Wow, that is deep. You know, when when we decided outside of Cloud City who to build a brass statue to a la Thierry Henry outside of uh, the Emirates. Did you just almost say Thierry Henry? (laughs) Terry Henry? Thierry Henry. (laughs) Terry Henry. Uh, We should build statues to Buzz and to Dr. Bell. From at Florin Menace, do you think a non-MLS club will ever hoist the Open Cup again? Which ones do you think have the best chance not the Cosmos? (laughs) Certainly not Duluth FC. <laughs> um, it has to be an NASL team or a non MLS affiliated USL team, in my opinion. Um, just I don't see a USL affiliated team with that's affiliated with MLS team beating an MLS team. Essentially, what you just said is that it's only going to be a professional team, and the semi pro teams aren't going to be there because the MLS affiliated teams I aren't mean, eligible. Yeah, so I, they have better resources. They can pay their players more. They can get better. They can pay players. their players in the first. I place think FC for, Edmonton yeah, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I, I, I mean, you said not the Cosmos, but I think they have a chance. I think uh, the team formerly known as the Railhawks have a good base of players there. I think even the Rowdies could build up a team. I think what needs to happen for a NASL team to really go far in the U.S. Open Cup is for them to have their fall season championship wrapped up early enough. Because you really do have to play your best squad. You can't play youngsters like Suni Saad, who scored a goal against Minnesota in the U.S. Open Cup. Suni Saad! In 2014. (laughs) So so you got to play the best, and uh, that that comes at a heavy cost. So I am going to say that it's... I'm going to do a hot take pancake and say the San Francisco Deltas will be the team that does it. Interesting. It's a sexy pick. Greg Jordan's going to hoist the trophy. With that, let's move on to our final segment, the Reynolds Wrap-Up with Colin, where we take a conspiracy theory in the soccer world and flesh it out while wearing our best tinfoil hats. Yeah, let's put them on, guys. So one of the things that we didn't mention in our discussion of the NASL, USL divisioning stuff uh, was the fact that as of right now, there is not a Division Three league in the United States. Division three has to be a professional league, so NPSL and PDL do not suddenly become the Division three. They're still officially Division four. So that brings up a very interesting question: Why is there a blank row in the pyramid? And I thought about it, and I realized it's kind of suspicious that all of a sudden the U.S. soccer pyramid looks a lot like the Freemasons pyramid logo. I know. And 
I also thought it was kind of suspicious that if the Freemasons are supposed to be funding the Illuminati at the highest levels, and that the Freemasons put little hint iconography whenever they are pulling something over on the little man, I think we finally figured out how some Soccer United Marketing is putting all of its money towards the Illuminati. <laughs> Guys, Sunil Galati is a 33rd degree Mason, and he organized all of this deal in order to completely destabilize the lower leagues, keep them in chaos, and keep all of the MLS money going straight to some and going straight to the Illuminati. Hey, I'm just going to say... I can't speak to this. My uncle is a Mason, so... I just want to say... I'm not... You're gonna have Colin just you know what? Me like I was the, the enemy. So you know what? I'm just gonna back away slow. I I don't necessarily blame him. Many many Masons do not know the inner workings that are going on above the thirtieth degree. It's okay. You just blew my mind, Colin. Because I just when we look back in the history of political parties in the United States, the anti Masonic party was a third party. I know they were. Oh, D3 third. Oh, wow. What? No. Okay. With that. Now that we have gotten our brains off the ceiling. Oh, my God. Yeah. With that, with that. Oh, listeners, take a second. And take on a second. That pa- pause. Pa- pause that. Pause this. Oh, my God. I need. Okay. Well, when you're ready to recover from this and talk soccer again, when you're ready to, to discuss. What the NASL, USL, MLS, EPL, and the rest of the world soccer mean to you. Tweet at TW United fans if you want to talk to me. Where can the good people find the two of you on Twitter? I'm at KOlson716. I also have a recent article on Mr. Uh, United, on, on 55.1, um, article about a Minnesotan who is in the timeline right now named Evan Panton from Notre Dame. He's a really nice guy. Arsenal fans are tall and likes him already. Um, we'll find out what happens to him hopefully by next week, yeah? Yeah. Well, Friday's the draft, so ho- last match, mock draft I saw had him going late in the third. So. Okay. I, meanwhile, can be found at The Attachment. Well, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Podcast, and other great providers of podcasts worldwide. Please take a chance to rate us on iTunes and... We have a new segment coming out next week. Uh, vote on the name on Twitter. It'll either be Notch and Caleb's Excellent Adventure or a lead of our of their own. We're going to start covering every week one country and their entire soccer permit. Just give you a little bit of an idea of what soccer looks like around the world. Also with that, uh, tell your friends about this podcast. We do like having new listeners to listen to our rantings and ravings every week and help them be informed about the world soccer happenings. With that, everyone, have a great rest of your night. Goodbye.